3: yellowstone season two episodes five and six are over but we're just getting started over here at post show recaps welcome back my friends it is i rich Alberto, dm philly out here on the internet back with you again talking about yellowstone i of course am not alone i am joined by a woman who has touched many of her enemies grace leader grace how are you doing
4: i'm just out for a friendly kayak don't i'm not touching my enemies i'm just Quick jaunt on my kayak.
3: Don't worry. Kayaking, very dangerous uh, activity, Grace. I hope you brought a helmet with you as the waters are running cold up there in Canada this time of year. Yeah,
4: they are. Yeah, it's getting cold. Yeah. Although today I was like, oh, it's a nice day. And I looked at the tent and it's one degree. So... One degree Celsius, yeah. Yeah, you
3: and your strange Celsius degrees. I had a very similar reaction with my uh, 41, my balmy 41 degrees today. Uh, We don't want to be kayaking in this weather. We definitely don't want to be kayaking anywhere near the Yellowstone Ranch, Grace. Uh, Episodes five and six of season two, Touching Your Enemy, and Blood, The Boy. What'd you think? Yeah, pretty good. I think
4: uh season two is uh pretty good. We're just over the halfway mark here as we finish episode five and then get into episode six. Um what Dutton hasn't killed somebody, you know? Uh
3: yeah, yeah we're getting there. I think that would have I guess we got a Beth Beth killed her mom. Okay, so everybody's killed <laughs> somebody. Yeah. John
4: I mean, gets other people to kill people, but you know, blood yeah. on his hands.
3: Beth that maybe didn't kill her mom But I mean Beth thinks she kills her mom, her mom and, yeah. and John basically has reinforced That thought so I think that I'm Allowed to say that um, Yeah season two I really Like I feel like they hit their stride I've been saying it as we've been talking Through it so far but it feels like You know the the whole formula is coming Together a little bit they're finding something To do for a lot of the smaller Characters I feel like most of our storylines Are like cooking pretty well here Grace
4: I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on um, in a way that I think is actually working for the show. I liked a lot of what Jimmy's got going on this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very fun. And then, yeah, everything with with uh, with with the ranchers uh, other than than Jimmy is good. And the family stuff is good. So, yeah, it's uh, I I think it's uh, a good season so far.
3: Uh, we're cooking with gas, with methane gas from the herds. Of course, you don't want to miss any of our Yellowstone coverage over here Post Show Recaps. You can catch it all on YouTube, where these uh, VODs are going up every week after we break the episodes down. Uh, there is an RSS feed, postshowrecaps.com Yellowstone. If you want to subscribe and rate and review, we always appreciate that kind of stuff. I got a couple of short, long recaps, Grace. Can I'll I say, here, please?
4: Uh, just up front, I think uh, if you're if you're watching along, it's like sometimes we do this at the end, but actually- it might make sense to say it up front as well um two episodes per week until at least the end of season uh two so that's what they've they've mapped out that we just did five and six seven and eight is next week and two weeks from now is nine and ten wrapping up season two that's the schedule according to cbs.com
3: Yeah, we're just chasing CBS's tail. What they do, we follow. So we're breaking them down as they go. Two episodes a week for the next couple of weeks. Thanks for the programming details, Grace. Uh, I am quietly checking in with you every week to be like, okay, what's going on this week on CBS? How many episodes are there? Uh, They dropped the first episode of Lawman Bass Reeves. Is that right? Last week?
4: uh they had dropped the premiere uh, a couple weeks ago i think yeah two weeks ago maybe yeah the last time we did one episode was when they they did uh Lam and baths yeah yeah
3: right so it was two weeks ago also tied into the yellowstone cinematic universe which is a, a fertile and burgeoning place it's going to be getting bigger <laughs> as time goes on i get a couple of short long recaps grace for episodes five and six i'll crack into them and then we'll talk through the episodes proper uh, mm-hmm. So, touching your enemy, we open out a flashback of young Beth and Rip that leads up to the present, where Beth is ultimately confronting John during breakfast about Rip sleeping in the bunkhouse. Jay-Z, Jamie and Casey, meanwhile, are continuing to pursue answers about who exactly poisoned their cattle with the clover in the field. Monica has brought her class to a relay practice that's being held by her physical therapist, and he further invites her to come see a race without her students. Um, Jimmy looking to make some extra money and Lloyd explaining that he's on salary so he's going to need to do some actual cowboying to go make some extra scratch. Uh, John and Jamie go to meet with the new attorney general when Jamie gets a phone call from Sarah Nguyen about the article that he contributed to. He's desperately trying to pull out but Sarah ultimately just says she'll have legal contact him to explain that he has no options. Dan meanwhile is learning how to handle firearms as he comes home to find a pair of livestock agents waiting for him. Casey, ultimately there, tells him that they don't want him dead, they just want him gone and he mentions all of their dead cattle. Dan uh, vigorously counters that he has no idea how to kill cattle but he does know how to break their empire and he will be delighted to do so. Casey ends up going back to the ranch to tell John that he doesn't think Dan did it and the pair get into a conversation about the past where Casey ultimately opens up about some of his military experiences and the PTSD that haunts him. Uh, Jimmy, ultimately gets in on a cowboy contest, skidding some horses, and he gets his ass handed to him by the boys. Uh, And Jamie ultimately comes to Beth in the end to ask advice, at which he reveals his role in Sarah's article. His sister then drags him by the ear to their dad, demanding that he confess to his transgressions. That's episode five, Touching Your Enemy. Episode six, Blood the Boy. We open on a flashback of a young Jamie telling his father that he wants to have his job someday. John ultimately explains that he's going to need to go to Harvard to become a lawyer, saying that words are the swords of this century and he needs Jamie to become a person who can protect the ranch with his. We cut to the present where Jamie has ultimately revealed the article to John and John, furious at betraying his siblings, sends him to find out what Sarah wants and make it all go away. Uh, the Beck brother show up to meet with Thomas Rainwater, telling him in very forceful terms that he should partner with them and cut out Dan Jenkins. They threaten him in the way that they do, but Thomas finds it all uh, quite encouraging that his plans have scared them so terribly. Lloyd is helping out Jimmy, who's still in need of some extra money, by explaining rodeo to him and taping him to a Bronco to see if he can last eight seconds. The sheriff, meanwhile, gets in touch with John, warning him about the Beck brothers and admitting that he got badly in debt to them and they own him. Uh, John ultimately goes straight to Dan with this news Letting him in on the Beck brothers' effort to frame him By killing the herd at Yellowstone The pair ultimately make a tentative agreement To talk through their plans Jamie goes to meet with Sarah Nguyen Asking her not to run the article She refuses and he ultimately attacks and strangles her With the woman dead in his car He goes to find Rip asking for help Saying that he always treated him like family Reluctantly Rip helps Jamie frame the incident as a kayak accident, and he goes ahead and gets Walker implicated by having the man drive Sarah's car. This is the straw that breaks the musician's back as he states that he is leaving, and Rip promises to drive him to the train station that very night himself. Uh, Monica, meanwhile, is getting physical with her therapist, but... She's not done with Casey yet And the pair ultimately do not sleep together Jimmy makes it to the rodeo Where he does not get killed And he manages to win some money after all And Walker ultimately ready To go to the train with Rip When Casey arrives and volunteers to take him Instead he ultimately tells the rancher That he wants to do things differently Asking him to swear that he won't repeat The things that he's seen on the Yellowstone Walker agrees and Casey Tells him that he'll be welcome back Any day should he return letting him go off to find his new life. Uh, John ultimately watching Tate as Sarah's accident comes onto to the news. He goes and finds Jamie drinking alone lawn and asks how the pair are going to get past this while Jamie vigorously defends his actions. And in the morning, John, Tate, and Casey head out hunting. John explains to the young boy the gun's power over life and death, and ultimately Tate shoots a deer. He's deeply affected by it, and John and Casey take the opportunity to explain that it's a big deal taking a life, but everything on this earth has to do so to survive. Uh, John adding, it's the one thing that makes everything the same that we all share that's two episodes of yellowstone grace i felt like it was a lot of really good stuff um just like focusing in on the episode five touching your enemy we're like getting that out of the whole the kind of uh the the little like speech that we get from monica's physical therapist about the native americans this is the act of counting coup on your enemies where like the young warriors would ride out literally just have to touch their opponent physically on the field uh i liked it thematically in the way that we're going to kind to like hone in on with some clarity on some of what's going on on the ramp
4: ranch uh yeah um yeah there's a lot going on in these two episodes um uh obviously um but uh but yeah i think the you know i i have been intrigued this is a show where i don't the the episode titles are you know often either you know i think um last week we had only devils left which is very clearly like uttered by by john right as a or, or in episode one um yep. more thematic with like a thundering so um one of those two things i do think the episode titles are are quite good obviously this one and then the next one being blood the boy which comes right from the the end of the episode so um but yeah touching your enemy as like all of these uh uh sort of threats or conflicts are coming to a head to a to a degree um yeah it's a good good episode title name
3: yeah, uh, they don't always strike me, but this one really did. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I know Monica's been a character that's like pretty interesting. To you, she's got a really small storyline going on throughout these two episodes, where she's kind of getting closer to the physical therapist, who obviously wants more of a relationship, but she still seems tethered to Jamie. I just want to, or to Casey, I should say. I want to like stop in and just take your temperature there on like your expectations, your hopes, your dreams. Like, how you feeling about Monica's story? Is it like frustrating you? That we're going in this direction of like love triangle will she won't she is she going to be able to fix it with her husband
4: um i maybe wish in the midst of it we were getting a little bit more jamie or gosh now i'm doing it i Uh,
3: know i got you these dutton boys they'll confuse you yeah
4: casey and um uh casey and 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 monica i mean they obviously is it the last episode they sleep together right this is the last episode yeah 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 i I don't know i i feel like they start off i mean i know you joke about how like ridiculous the stuff is early on but i actually like that quite a bit more than Mm -hmm. this like slowing down of of what's happening i do think there is an interesting there's a lot of interesting things that they could be trying to say with monica who is indigenous and is is you know married to um this cowboy and then trying to stay away to keep her safe but like her son is still like very like Casey then goes back to the ranch. And so um, obviously is like within the like, you know, uh, sphere of influence of John and Tate is also um, obviously still there. So I, I feel like if her thing was like to try and keep Tate safe, she's not really, it's, that's not really happening at the moment. So I feel like that either needs to be more present moving forward, or it it should have been here. If that's, if that's the idea is to like keep herself and her son safe from this kind of like man that she knows is might put on a good facade, but is actually dangerous. There's nothing that's happening right now that is stuff. Like we literally, by the end of the episode, Tate has the blood of a deer on his face. Like, you know, not that that's like the most unsafe thing to happen, but like, obviously she's, it's not doing the thing she's wanting, wanted it to do. So then I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot. There's a, there's like, there was an interesting setup to all of this. And I feel like the execution has not been um, as strong as maybe I wanted it. To be, or I'm am, am just like not super enjoying it at the moment
1: that's
3: super fair I obviously know where we're going so I can only say so much about um, speculation right I just find it frustrating I think in retrospect like I think there's a lot of potential in the Monica character and she has ebbs and flows there's a lot of like I think good stuff with her at the end of season one that gets really interesting and dynamic as a viewpoint into um, indigenous life and indigenous peoples Native American tribes as they're coming up against the conflict with the modern age and all of these dilemmas that we're seeing like falling into montana and be set upon the yellowstone ranch so i don't know i like you know love triangle either like i'm all in or i'm all out i'm pretty out of on this one grace so i just was curious what your take was there uh because i didn't want to overlook monica as somebody that you've been focusing in on obviously we're all in on this family stuff, you know? Uh, We open with, like, these two mirroring flashbacks in both episodes, Mm -hmm. the first one being, like, young Beth and Rip, as she's still really fixated on, like, why did you throw Rip out of his house? This is humiliating and demeaning, and this guy has given you his whole life. And John just being like, you don't understand. You don't understand what it's like being ranchers. So how are you feeling about that whole, like, through line of of Beth, Rip, John, the, like, way that that's inciting conflict between beth and john
4: yeah so i like the flashback i do like the use of the flashbacks in this show i obviously thought that the initial beth flashback with uh with with her and her mom is really strong i think that the, the one rip- where
3: she kills her mom you mean yeah, she <laughs> kills her mom, yeah. um
4: and then he's gonna kill a horse that killed her mom you know? <laughs> yeah um, yeah and then the um the rip uh, like figuring out why Rip is part of like how he got involved in this is really strong. And so bringing the two of them together as kids and seeing how their relationship uh, develops, I thought was really good. I do really like this scene where um, she says like, you know, he thinks of you as a father and he says, yeah, but I'm not his father. Like, but yeah, he is my son, I thought yeah. it was like, really good. Um, Cause I think that in a lot of these shows, there is this thing of like these people who are close to, a person the like sort of patriarch or um, whatever, who are not like the one thing you can't, like you can never change the fact that you're not born yep. into the family. Um, I do love that as a, as a theme of like this idea that you try to like change and adapt yourself and and be the person you think this person wants to be. And yet there's like always that one thing you can't change about yourself. Um, There'll always be this like limiting factor I think is like really strong is like Casey's like, not following the same rules that like Ripwood, like he's not, he's not, you know, by the end of the, the next, episode week, he's not taking Walker to the train. He's taking him to the, well, I mean, he is, but it's the wrong train. It's not, not going to kill him. To so it's a
3: literal train. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's a literal train. So, um, you know, I think that that is, is, is compelling. as like the people that John wants the closest to him are like, you know, either like wild or, you know upset with him or whatever we get the other flashback of him making jamie go to harvard <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine it's your father being like you have to go to harvard you know uh it's kind of where like is it? he's but, like yeah. where is it that uh, oh that's yeah. far away you know <laughs> who do you want to be when you grow up just like you dad is like nah i don't want you to be like me i want you to like, go to law school uh it's like it's so brutal like the people who are closest to him he's he's trying to manipulate into these and mold into the things he wants them to be so yeah i thought the flashback stuff was really effective these two episodes
0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: It's really fascinating. I love the way that you hone in on John has needs, right? The branch has needs and demands. The the Jamie flashback is one that I want to dig into a little bit more, but I really love the Beth Rip through line. And that line that you're honing in with where John's saying but he's not my son, and Casey yeah. is. There's this rejection from Beth of her family, right? She oh. clearly has this kind of investment in Rip, and there's a real, like, uh, contentious kind of uh, affection between them, as it were. The whole, like, music festival beat in the beginning in season one. Um, But we see their past, and I really like that. I like the clarification of Beth. She's just such a wrecking ball and, like, a force of nature of a character. She's got, like, incredible power in this family. But she rejects... The reality that like these guys are her brothers whether she likes it or not like casey's always going to be the priority to john over rip rip is this like runaway boy who has a role to serve to john it is really important that's not to like undercut that the guy appreciates him that he loves him even but it will never be his son right uh there's that real mark of delineation or whatever and so the Jamie one I really love because I think Jamie is one of the least likable characters on the show you know Mm -hmm. a lot of these people are pretty nefarious a lot of them do terrible things like I think in Casey we see a guy who's a murderer I mean he's killing people left and right but we really root for Casey right the world is like adjust everything is set against him all this crap is happening to him his dinosaur got stolen grace like Mm -hmm. he's trying to just do right but the world keeps like pushing him up into these hard situations where he makes bad decisions sometimes whereas Jamie has very willfully struck out on his own and has acted against his dad and in a lot of ways I think that he's the character with the most integrity like if we're evaluating as people he's kind of like the least evil of all of them (laughs) to a certain degree he seems Mm -hmm. the most like I don't know domesticated is kind of the word that I'm finding myself on where he's like a little bit how broken to the culture of the united states of america in the 21st century whereas john's like f that we're still cowboys, like we we go our own way out here. We're gonna carve our own path. And if the government don't like it, that's too bad. We'll take over the government, make it so that we can get away with it. So I think this insight into where this kid comes from and why he took this route, it's so powerful. It strikes me as the kind of moments that I've had in my life, Grace, where you have these conversations with people when maybe you're younger that are really impactful to you and resonate mm-hmm. and leave mm-hmm. this mark on you. Where the person on the other side of that conversation, it might just have been another Tuesday for them, right? right? Like, John, this is not, like, necessarily a moment that John lingers on where Jamie keeps saying, like, I did everything you wanted of me. Like, he didn't want to go to Harvard. He didn't want to go to Massachusetts. He wanted to stay here. Yeah. He wanted to be Lee. But he was never going to yeah. be Lee. And so this is the path that he finds himself in. And it's really sad. It is pretty
4: sad. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is probably the most over the course of these two episodes that I've been, maybe not like, I don't like Jamie, but I find him the most interesting that he's ever been. We can Um,
3: sympathize with him a little bit, even if we don't like him, you know?
4: Yeah. Which is over the course of these episodes, we find out like he never actually really wanted to do this thing that he actually turns out to be pretty good at. Mm -hmm. And that he also wants to break out on his own to a degree and become attorney general. He's not allowed to do that either. And so he's stuck. And then as he realizes, like in the in the throes of him thinking he wanted to try and like break away from his father, he made this huge mistake in, in going on the record to Sarah. And then when. Uh, he tries to fix it and realizes he can't. He kills her, <laughs> which is wild. Uh, just that this is, again, so, like, I don't even know. I don't think soap opera is the right word because it's, like, this mix of soap opera with, like, you know, it is this mix of that plus, like, you know, this is something more akin to, like, The Sopranos, you know? Of, yeah, like, it's very know, Sopranos,
3: yeah. yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. The, like, sudden murder. So it's, like, how do you get rid of them? It? Like, you murder them. Um, and And, you know, I do think, like, it, I I have seen we were talking last week, I think, about how I was giving the show some credit for its treatment of specifically, I think, indigenous people and, and like um, um, Monica and, and her family. And when I was like looking to make sure that like that actually was true, and this gets tricky because I'm trying not to spoil myself, but um, the one thing I had seen was, like, yes, it can at times, but also, it has a very poor track record for the way it treats women. Yes. And uh, then immediately I watched an episode where, like, Sarah Nguyen is, like, choked out and dies. Uh, so, like, yeah, rough. I don't love it. Um, and, like, it's bad because I feel like the, like, thing that I... like well at least it like adds to jamie's story which is like kind of an awful thing to just say in general of like well Well, the woman dying like uh you know at least it enhances jamie's story which is like doesn't really absolve it but yeah anyway
3: it gets tricky when we're dealing with things like this you know i talk about a lot of tv as do you um and notoriously you know you you have tropes like fridging which got used early on in the wheel of time series was not a thing that occurred in the book but did on the show and it really leaves a bad taste in your mouth and i think that part of the trouble with uh the female characters on Yellowstone is they're grievously underrepresented. There's so few of them that when bad stuff happens to them, there's a, there's a decent amount of violence directed towards women characters on this show. And when you see it, it just feels very reinforced because there's so few of them. Right. And it feels like there's just this massive population of like women that are getting like really the rough end of the stick on this show. That being said, like we'll cross those bridges as we come to them with Sarah's story in particular. I did find find it like retroactively a little bit offensive that like they go really out of their way to characterize this woman as like other to the montana culture right that not only is she like this indigenous woman from new york or whatever she's a lesbian she's in this lgbtq relationship right and she just gets done dirty this way and i think in certain ways they're trying to give time to this story, right? I mean, like, Sarah and her girlfriend pop up in season one at the end, and I remember being like, does this even make any sense to you? Yeah, they just were on a boat, and they're looking at John. They're like, yeah. Yeah. So I think they do the thing where, like, they're trying to earn this moment so that Sarah's not, like, a one-and-done character that turns up in the episode and dies in the episode and, like, feels a little incidental. But I do think that they miss the mark of, like, who is this person? Like, there's nothing there. She is just a plot device in the end to, like, further Jamie's story, right? And I think that this murder on the ha- hands of Jamie, like, if it were more soap opery, he would have, like, sat with the Machiavellian plan and the ranch sipping whiskey, and, like, this would have been very intentional. But it feels very, like, chaotic in The Sopranos, wherein, like, the emotion of the moment just rules the day, right? He panics, he realizes he's got absolutely no control, he can't do what John does, which is to, like, just intimidate people to get what he wants. And so he attacks. And once he hits her, he's like, well now I'm doomed. And he knows it. Like, he knows he is. He sits there and screams and laments. Uh, I gotta give it to, to Wes Bentley here. Like, I really did like the scene a lot. I thought, like, he lands the turmoil of this guy in this moment, like, after he commits this act. And the way that he plays it all with Rip, I love him going to Rip and be like, come on, man. I always treated you like family. And Rip wants nothing to do yeah. with this, Grace. Yeah. But he still, like, does it in the end anyway. He does show up. He's that kind of guy, you know?
4: And the way that he's like, Rip's like, I'm going to go get John. He's like, no, no, no. Not my dad. Not my dad. But I could even though like by the end of the episode, we're like John sees it on the news and it's like you idiot like you fool like you you know like he says like you should have gotten the water because he doesn't know how she dies like you should have gotten the water with her he assumes that like he just like drowned her right I think right
3: Uh, uh yeah like, I mean he he's not really sure right but he doesn't know and he I mean like part of what he's saying is yeah like rather than kill yourself <laughs> like yeah. which is so horrible this yeah, is so bad. horrible Grace like John and Jamie oh my gosh it's really fraught yeah Um.
4: yeah I mean yeah again I think like an unfortunate way to get there, but yeah, I'm more interested in Jamie than, than ever before. So, and, and you know, the thing of like the very breaking baddie thing of like putting something on the board that like is, yeah, he solved this problem for now, but also they do cut to like Sarah's girlfriend, like watching the news on, on the thing being like, you know, Oh shit. Um, And so knowing that she was tracking down like a story about the Duttons makes me feel like we're definitely not done with this. And it's, it is the thing where you can kind of like, it's a way to resolve the present story with also the ability to bring it up when you basically, when you need a thing to affect jamie or the duttons later to be like remember when you killed that woman like you gotta there's a you know, we're bringing that back up i presume yeah, we caught the earlier. anvil
3: that was about to fall on jamie's yeah. head but we're just hoisting it up even yeah. higher right. <laughs> <laughs> like very ready to dangle that thing over him. um so john dutton he's got he's mm-hmm. got trouble coming from all sides right we finally get some clarity here that he's been fixated on had this must have been Dan this whole time and they're gonna push and push and push and Dan's out doing his gun practice with this his California bodyguard grace and uh, the livestock agents are gonna show up Casey gives the law for I love Dan screaming at Casey I'm like you stupid idiot I don't know how to kill cows it's yeah. like just so simple and Pretty so good. true right mm-hmm. and like Dan could obviously hire many people to kill the cows. He doesn't need to know how to kill the cows. It's not like actually that good of an excuse, but it True. is hilarious as a defense. Craze. Yeah, <laughs> This so
4: whole good. thing. I, I do like it a lot. And I, I think like, it's important here in the the trajectory of the story about like everything that's happening with Dan and the Beck brothers. Um, I do kind of hate the, like uh, the gunpoint scene of like, everybody's always at gunpoint in
3: the show, not a heavy at gunpoint all the time, yeah.
4: but whatever. <laughs> I do like the scene where Dan's like, I don't know how to kill cows, and um, and yeah, which will lead to, uh, and then when John shows up to Dan, he's like, You, he knocks out the bodyguard that chucks. The chair over Dan's head is pretty funny. He's like, he's like, I didn't do it. I was like, I know you didn't do it, but this is pretty much your fault anyway. So
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Kevin Costner uh, with Dan Jenkins, it's very fun. Him and Danny Houston, fun. like, they're really great scene partners. There's not enough of like John Dutton and Dan Jenkins going head to head, so I get very excited as to where we go from here. Where they basically make this tentative deal, right? John's going to be like, look, you got framed, man, and if they're willing to do me this and I'm way more important than you around here just imagine what they're going to do to you these back brothers so they make like this tacit agreement as it were I do really love Dan screaming at Casey also I'm like you came back to my house to threaten me again like this guy is fed up Grace he's not used to getting pushed around and like he's found his heels a little bit he's figured out how to like dig in and stand up for himself so what this means as far as like the future and where it goes of John proposing this unlikely alliance between them against the Beck brothers uh we get some clarity of like the Beck brothers just did this all to frame Dan right uh and they're going to Thomas they're like muscling him around with their liquor license and their threats like these Beck brothers do you feel like they, these have teeth is that at all like an intimidating uh, adversary for us or do they feel more like a contrivance?
4: Do you know what I think does kind of work well is, um, the scene where it's actually, I actually don't know how well Dan's like defense, uh, to Casey works, but it's, it's uh sheriff Donnie who pulls over John and is like, Hey man, like they're bad news. Like, you know, like there's been a reason oh, yeah. why like, they've like, they have steered away from you, but you don't want, like, it's also been good that, that they've steered away from you. Like they've not gotten involved in your business. Like you both are like equally dangerous. Um, it does it does kind of work for me I think especially because they are clearly wielding this their their power in this sort of like sneaky you know in these other ways right so they send the bullet to to the sheriff um remember who you work for um seemingly do, is this is this is it do we get the confirmation that they killed the They kill the cows like we we. That's what John believes, right? When he goes to Dan, well, that's what John believes.
3: Yes, that's what John's stating ultimately that he thinks that they did it. Um, So we don't have like a hundred percent valid confirmation, but that's the truth that everybody's operating under. And it's a really good point that they're the ones who intimidate the sheriff, right? Because we have this whole like secondary political thing happening where the livestock agents have been hung out to dry by the sheriff's department of like, oh, they left this out of the report. That really was their fault. didn't respond and sheriff donnie does the press conference to which john is like i didn't get him to say that i don't get it so so the beck brothers are like playing both angles right they're like pushing everybody towards the center which is ultimately where their table is and they want to deal with
4: yeah so i i think that they're perfectly fine like i think again what works from the beginning is that i i don't think that dan jenkins on his own i don't think like feels that much of a threat to to John it's the fact that there's like like a bunch of threats to John and all of yes. them are like annoying so I in that sense I do feel like the Beck brothers um are a pretty fun I think like ingredient to add in the mix if they're like the only thing that's happening on the show if the show is like about John versus the Beck brothers yeah uh, yeah I don't know nah, fine but the fact that it's like an ingredient in the mix I think I think is working for me
3: yeah I really like them as like this uh, alternative antagonist to force John to the table with the Dan Jenkins because again like these guys were all just at such odds and they really want different things they don't want the same thing at all but the idea that like the devil you know versus the one that you don't right and there's a little bit of John feels like he's got leverage he's got power over Dan Dan is this outsider is never going to play the Montana like rough and tumble game as well as John is but there's a measure of intimidation from John towards the Beck brothers of like no no these guys are no bullshit they like are dirtier than I am and they almost got me here they almost got one over on me not only did they cost me a whole pile of money by killing all my cattle but they almost got me to like implicate myself in making this move against Dan Jenkins and potentially Thomas Uh, the other side of this whole like trifecta is Thomas Rainwater who we don't get any Thomas and Dan we don't get any Thomas and John this episode but we do get the beck brothers showing up to like try to intimidate him a little bit of like screw dan jenkins man you should be working with us i love like thomas rainwater finding his power grace like gil birmingham his little smiles here they're just Mm -hmm. they're killing me
4: yeah he's great he's tremendous uh so fun i'm so i'm so glad to get to talk about another show where gil birmingham is on it because he was so good in under the banner of heaven that I'm very, As the I'm very two excited. of
3: them leave and he so. looks at his like right-hand man there, just does this little smile and the yeah. guy smiles back at him. And I just like, I, I was glowing inside. I'm like, this guy is having so much fun with this part. Uh It really is fun to see Gil Birmingham working it. Do you think it's no. at all in Thomas's interest to like deal with the Beck brothers? So this is to get the,
4: the slot machines, uh, well, no, because if he figure if he like did the whole thing to like remove Dan Jenkins, like he got everything he wanted out of Dan, then he removed Dan. He like has the way to like eliminate the need to work with Dan. Why would he just do the same thing to work with uh, mm-hmm. the Beck brothers? Like The whole point was like convince Dan to work with him. And then slice him out of the operation. So why would you then just like, their like argument is like, well, Dan Jenkins is a fool. And it's like, yeah, I knew that. That's why, that's exactly why I picked him to like, yeah. like slice him out. So like, why would I work with you? So no, it actually does not seem, the only thing is like, I don't know. Is there like some like survivor meat shield strategy of like, you know, put, put yeah. the Beck brothers in front of me uh, in between in, before John Dutton. Um, That's the only thing I could like see but there has to be an angle for Thomas that I don't really think that the Beck brothers in my opinion from like what I'm seeing in the story there's no I don't see yet the reason why it makes sense for Thomas to work with the Beck brothers
3: yeah, yeah, it's an interesting take. I just, you know, as we're driving towards, we have these four major power players, and Thomas and Dan and John and the Beck brothers and how are things going to align, right? Like uh John clearly is advocating that like Thomas, Dan and he like sit down at the table and talk. So we will see where that goes, I guess. Um Grace Jim, he's trying to cowboy up uh, this, this is some of my favorite Jimmy stuff of like Lloyd being like, Jimmy, man, you work for salary. Like they're not going to pay you extra yeah. money to work around here. You got to do cowboy shit and you suck at all that. So you're probably not going to make any money. <laughs> Again, we get another insert of your dad. Taylor Sheridan shows up as Travis with a yep. bunch of really expensive horses and they just get to humiliate Jimmy. Uh Taylor Sheridan just making fun of Jimmy is like, I don't know, I, like gets funnier. To me, every time I remember, really not liking it the first time, but it's become like funnier and funnier and funnier every past. This guy just like totally smack talking Jimmy.
4: Uh, I I I kind of love this Jimmy stuff. I love that like <laughs> I love that same I love that same Elliott is his his mentor here. And Lloyd
3: is like one of my favorite characters on the show. He's so great, man. It's like the Sam Elliott standard, you know.
4: And I think there is something. Did there was the enduring part i think it's the end of season one where they buy him the cowboy hat mm-hmm. and i kind of felt like there was never a moment where it made that much sense for them to like suddenly like we've seen him be pretty inept and I, I i kind of like feel like that it's fine like you can have loyalty like they don't actually like a friend doesn't actually have to like you know sometimes you have a friend who's like you know he's a I mean, little inept yeah, yeah so that's fine so it is what it is but i kind of i love jimmy secretly being very very good at riding a bull i think it's like very good i I like that um even the most like the people who you would think like he doesn't have the skill set to be the best ranch hand but like he can do this one thing really well and that's kind of (laughs) i like yeah
3: he could take the abuse you know as lloyd is like saying to him i don't know man you hung on that horse for quite a long time he's like you taped me on he says and lloyd's like buddy the tape didn't keep you Yeah. On that horse, well, you know?
4: yeah. Well, no, it's funny. He's like, uh, well, I got the bad horse. And then they like switch horses and he like still gets pummeled in the, the thing. It's pretty great too. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Sheridan like making fun of horses. The horse jokes are going like full over my head, but there's a point where he gets on the little horse and it's like, I'm gonna take this thing to the mules. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy like I, I love Jimmy getting embarrassed by the Cowboys and the relationship with him and Lloyd is like really endearing right Jimmy is just such a knucklehead and I talk about him as our point of view character just in the sense that even if you can't relate to Jimmy's life at all he's not from this world you know he's coming into yeah. the ranch as like this outsider and, and this is all really alien to him and different to him and it's alien to, I think to a lot of the viewers I think that's part of what's so enticing about the show is this slice of life in a world that not a lot of us live in you know yeah Um, but so lloyd then like fronting the money for him to go be in the rodeo and jimmy like why would you do that (laughs) it's like why do you think man? you know it's such like a cowboy moment grace of like i'm i love you but i won't say i love you bro you know Uh, it really is like deeply deeply
4: endearing as somebody whose love language is basically giving gifts, uh, I get it. I get this one. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it totally yeah. tracks. It's wow. great. Uh,
3: it's a really dear relationship, and Jimmy ultimately like finding someplace that he's not uh, a total loser like the, the lamest person in the room. I think is really sweet and charming. You know, as he he proceeds to realize, like he won some money, he gets the belt buckle, he's all excited, thus begins jimmy's rodeo career you want more or less of jimmy rodeoing as we go grace
4: um i don't know that i need like the rodeo much but i like i like that there's like some focus on jimmy i like that jimmy is competent at it um i would like some resolution into like i can't imagine he just like immediately won his money back um and like he owes eight grand i don't think that the number yep. one prize <laughs> yeah. for the things like eight grand so something there and it all sort of like tying together i think uh makes sense i i like the focus on uh the ranch the ranch hands uh doesn't necessarily have to be like jimmy being good at the rodeo you know
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I I really dig the ranch hands. I think there's a lot of fun stuff there. Yeah, unless we forget the Home Depot meth cooks want their $3 back from Jimmy. Uh, That is like what is driving him to do all this, right? Um, We get the final beat at the end of Tate showing up at the rants. We didn't get a lot of Tate in these couple of episodes, but ultimately they're taking him deer hunting, right? And they're going to take him out, and we get this real Taylor Taylor Sheridan-style speech, Grace. I'm sure you got a lot of these growing up. (laughs) Oh, yeah were a youngster but um ultimately this whole like this gun has a power over life and death this is actually a pretty good i think speech about a gun it's a little romantic certainly but the whole thing of like you pull the trigger you can't take it back man like i did a lot of gun safety as a young person and, and in time commensurate probably with tate's age uh and this is like a really important thing to understand you pull that trigger like there's going to be impact this is a powerful tool but it's a dangerous weapon and life and death and then we get to like the much more uh nihilistic if romanticized notion grace that everything needs to kill all living creatures of the planet and then we get casey with the even trees that's right hippies even trees they choke out all the life that's growing underneath them that actually is true uh the faster growing trees do like kill everything down beneath them you know and i just was like gosh this is where it really is like we're not just a soap opera we're a cowboy soap opera (laughs) it's like it's so i like these ideas you know these are like the kind of romantic notions that i hold on to as a guy that like appreciates rural life and simple things to a degree but i did have to like point at them as like man maybe a little on the nose maybe a little on the nose Taylor.
4: i mean i yeah i mean to a degree i think this is a good example of where sort of um the show gets critiqued for being like right wing or not critiqued, like, you know, people write it off or whatever. But I agree with you that I think that the the first piece, like I I am not somebody who will probably ever in my life own again. Um, But I get that I have a lot of people who like are where I'm from, who hunt and there's like a utility to hunting that actually can be good. Um, And so this idea like, yeah, I guess if people are going to like own just hunting rifles or whatever like this is the type of lesson yeah i think that that those people should probably get about the the idea that like i like the line like you know the power like a gun can take away a life and then you also know that you don't have the power to to bring it back i yeah, thought it's is really good yeah that's 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 fine and then this idea yeah the idea of like everything kill, like well you know whatever it's fine you know uh yeah, 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 yeah you know yeah. that to me feels less actually like um that doesn't feel as much to me like Taylor Sheridan, like trying to like propagandize something through uh, the TV show that actually feels more in line with like that. Are, those are Dutton family values that that's may be, a like,
3: world view of, of people who live in this hard life. Yeah,
4: it's specifically like this character who does feel like I have to like kill things to like which is very funny that he's like telling his son like you should have killed yourself instead of killing this woman and yet like Uh he's protected by the fact that like she's dead to a degree right so i i there is something about it that maybe i'm like maybe i'm being very forgiving of the show that 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 feels a lot like a dutton value not to me as much a like everybody who lives in like rural montana has this like view of like you have like you gotta kill everything kills like i don't know to me that's like that says more to me about John. Whereas I don't, I feel like the gun thing, like that actually does feel like, you know, perhaps a little bit of a defense of like um, gun ownership. And again, I don't, I don't necessarily like, I I think I mostly think like, I think our world would be better if, if nobody owned guns, but I also get the idea that like, that's not, that's like a very hard thing to happen in the United yeah, States. You can't that's put not the going guns to guns back
3: in the toothpaste tube, right? Yeah. <laughs> so
4: if people have guns and if they're going to use them, like, again, people in Canada have guns too. And it's like, you know, for hunting and things like that. Yeah. Mean, oh, yeah, There are legal guns too, but like, then this is a, a, a philosophy I would I would agree with in terms of like people who have guns. So I actually think there's a big difference actually between the way that the two, because it's not like they all happen at once. It's not like as they're walking out with the guns, he's telling him this lesson, they shoot the gun, and it's all one thing. They are very two, they're distinctly two separate scenes.
3: They are distinctly two separate scenes. I mean, I try to talk really thoughtfully about this, but again, I'm a gun owner. I'm somebody that grew up with Mm -hmm. guns my entire life. I support safe gun regulation in the U.S. I think we have a massive problem with gun violence, and if you can't acknowledge that, there's an issue. But I think that there's a major problem to discuss it politically because I think most gun supporters espouse a philosophy similar to what is being presented here, right? When you're looking at most of the people that are fervently defending. Defending the right to bear arms in the second amendment in the u.s they're uh vigorously asserting that they have respect for these weapons right they're not the type of people for the most part that are going to go out to do untold violence with these things right it's really um, It's it's an issue that is very complex and very nuanced. But I think a lot of the most like fervent like Second Amendment supporters and gun supporters, guns' rights advocates stand somewhere in this camp. And I think that there's just an inability to have a a healthy dialogue about it because of the slippery slopes that people feel in politics and legislation and all of these types of like concerns that prevent us from having like meaningful dialogue about these really complicated issues when it comes to the whole life and death thing I'm very with you we're like this is a bit of a philosophy for the family and it's it's a worldview that John is espousing to his grandson because it's one that that has kept them alive and that has kept them in power perhaps more importantly for all this time I think it's something we can get really removed from when we live in a more metropolitan like civilized I'll say air quotes culture but when you work with livestock you're Day is about life and death in a lot of ways, right? The like having the birthing every spring is going to be a really important thing. They just had to deal with like many, many, many dead cows. You know, those things don't just like make themselves go away. So the like connectivity of all that, the cycle of life, Grace. It's much more in your face and present. Uh, and I did think it's a bit of a romantic notion that kind of harkens to a simpler time. But at the same time, I think it's pretty good writing. You know,
4: uh, well, the simpler time that's like the whole thing is like about him trying to preserve this, like, old way of life. So, again, that's where I think it's like, yeah, I mean, I could be like totally naive and be like, this is like Taylor Sharon's like view on the world. But to me, this feels like a Dutton view of the world, not necessarily like a Montana view of the world or whatever.
3: Yep. Nope. That's. I think that's very accurate. Uh, you need Although I do no know every than... Montana
4: always smears blood all over their face.
3: Yeah, that's true. I know, I know. That is true. Right. Um, I was going to say we need look no further than Jimmy to get an alternative perspective <laughs> yeah. from Montana. Grace, that's two episodes of Yellowstone. Uh, is there anything yeah. that we did not talk to you that you wanted to drop in on before we part ways?
4: No, I don't think so. I think it was we've we've pretty much hit. I think the important beats of the of the episodes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I thought this was a pair of good ones. These ones left me excited. As I was finishing episode six, I was like, oh, gosh, I'm ready for episode seven. I'm I'm excited to wrap up season two. I'm really having a lot of fun talking through it with you every week. We, of course, will be back next week talking about the next two episodes, episode seven and eight of season two. But until then, what do you got going on?
4: Uh, Lots of stuff uh, starting up. So The Curse has aired two episodes. Dr. Amanda and I are chatting through that each week. uh, Chatting through The Crown with Shannon weekly. Part one dropped four episodes. We're going to do those weekly. And then we'll uh, probably quicken the pace for the last six episodes that get dropped in December. Uh, Mike Bloom, LaTanya, and I will be chatting through the first two episodes of Fargo. Season five, which dropped this week. And then Jess and I are chatting full spoiler recaps. We chat through Scott Pilgrim Takes Off on Netflix. And then Aaron and I talking talking movies this week. We were joined by Melissa Woodward to chat through Hunger Games. Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes the hunger games prequel uh, which i think we were pretty high on with some i think fair critique so check that out i'm on social media at high from grace
3: Very cool, I'm at DM Philly In all the places you can find me uh, YouTube, Twitch, on Twitter, on Discord Hit me up I'm talking about Beacon 23 with Corey B Which is very cool, new show airing over on MGM Plus Lena Headey back on TV Which has been an absolute delight Uh, Very cool story so far I'm breaking down Tales from the Loop With you Grace, we just wrapped up our finale coverage That was an awesome season of TV To talk through with you I'm here breaking this down with you every week And uh, Burroughs and Dimension 20 with me and dr melissa woodward uh we'll be back next week talking about two episodes of yellowstone but until then don't forget your helmets when you go kayaking kids it's dangerous out there
5: coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casinos home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw room void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with the lucky land slots
0: you can get lucky just about anywhere